0: You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 1,283. Take one objection a week, learn how to respond to it a couple different ways, and now and just practice it over and over and over. And the beautiful thing about real estate is there's only a certain amount of objections, really, in, in the industry, but especially with what we do. There's only a certain amount of objections that we go through. Absolutely. So why wouldn't we learn the words that make people more likely to say yes? A of people don't know this about me, but Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, and the guest on the show today was fired from a good, solid job that he had been with this company for five years, the week before Thanksgiving in 2020. Absolutely crushing. But since then, he has closed 33 deals, has three deals pending in Philadelphia, which everybody says, wait, you can't wholesale in Philadelphia without a license. We're going to break that all down. We're going to go through this entire journey. It's going to be absolutely incredible. It is my pleasure to bring on here, Watson St. Solney. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Brent. How are you? I am excited about this. Listen, there's kind of a common thread, right? Where I have a conversation with somebody, whether it be on the podcast, whether it just be out in public, whether it be in my office, and they have discovered wholesaling, but they didn't really get that push, really get the momentum to go full-time into it until something very dramatic has happened. And in your case, it was getting let go. And it was, you know, 2020 was kind of like, that was just par for the course. It just seemed like that was what was happening during that time. And it was kind of a crazy time in the world. You took this as a sign to get going and to really sink your teeth into being an entrepreneur, being a business owner and wholesaling real estate. So how'd you discover wholesaling?
1: Well, I discovered wholesaling back in 2019 while I was working in my banking job at the retail bank. And we were doing very well at the branch. We got a pretty big bonus. And as a result, I was thinking, what do I do with all this money at the time I was renting? And I said, you know, it's probably a good time for me to buy a house. But after doing the math, I'd just be in more debt than I was currently at that time. So I asked one of my coworkers, who was a real estate investor, he owned several properties in the Temple University area here in Philadelphia asked him, how does he source his his property, his deals? And he told me that he can either go through a real estate agent that's investor friendly, or you can go through a wholesaler. And that was May 2019. And I never heard of a wholesaler. didn't know what that entailed. So essentially, you know, he broke it down to me. He said, you know, he told me, you know, how they work, how they source their deals, how do they get paid, and how do you benefit as an investor? And, I told myself, like this doesn't sound like a great way to find an off-market property, but it sounds like a great business model. So I went through uh, the whole YouTube University route and took my bonus money, started an LLC, invested in some courses joined uh, my local real estate investment association, the better than success real estate league here in Philly. And it's been a wild ride ever since.
0: When you read rich dad, poor dad, when you're having conversations with coworkers, when you're seeing that they're building a portfolio, when you have that extra money in your account, you want to put it into something smart so that you don't spend it. So you think, you know what rental properties, this is perfect. This is going to be absolutely incredible. And then you realize there's a lot that goes on with rental properties. Like this is something that you have to put a lot of attention to, You got to find the property. You got to make sure it's a good deal. You got to make sure that it's in good shape. You got to find a good quality tenant. You got to put together the right paperwork. There's a lot that's involved there and it's exceptional. But I will tell you this you build a business like you were saying that goes out and sources discounted properties. And can be your ATM machine, can be your cash machine to be able to fund all of your adventures and building your rental portfolio. That's the better path that I have seen in my 20 years of experience in this. And I understand, listen, people love their jobs, they love what they do. They just want to own a rental portfolio and do that. That's great. But if you want to build a business and not have to work for somebody else and be able to cherry pick the absolute best deals, you build a wholesaling business, just like Watson did. You
1: know, Brett, that's my mindset exactly. Because when I thought about getting rental properties, in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, look, you might make 300 to 500 dollars per month, you know, with every rental. But once I learned that, hey, look, in one wholesale deal, you can make 10 to 20 thousand dollars. I thought to myself, how many months worth of rent do I have to collect in order to make this same money? So I'm probably better off building the business, taking that money and investing it, as opposed to, you know, uh, buying properties and going through exactly what you mentioned. All the ins and outs of of getting that deal just to make a couple hundred dollars a month. Well,
0: and listen, we understand there's appreciation, long term wealth. We understand there's depreciation that you can write off some on your taxes. We understand that there's debt pay down that your tenants are actually paying your debt on, you know, whatever conventional loan you have on your properties. We get all of that. And I want everybody to be able to do that. I'm just saying change your mindset and build the machine that's going to find you the best deals, give you the cash flow to go and buy more assets so that you don't have to just buy one. a year, you can buy way more and way faster like Watson's planning to do with his business and with his profits. And by the way, you work for yourself, which, listen, Freedom, okay. time, freedom of schedule, freedom to to control the time we have left on this planet, and not have to be at a certain place at a certain time, and worry about getting laid off the week before Thanksgiving and getting blindsided. I mean, there's so much strength in being able to run your own business, and that's just the message that we have on this podcast, and and really on on building a wholesaling business is. Do this first and then go buy the assets. Replace your income, then go buy all the assets. And that's your plan.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. The day I got let go, I got to my car, sat in the parking garage and decided that I'm not even going to update my resume. At that time, I had already taken you know, the real estate course. I was barely taking any action because I was trying to do wholesaling after sure. work. But at that point, I'm like, now I got time. And I'd much rather bet on myself than you know, try to get another job.
0: I love it. I love it. So what did you do? What were you doing action items to start building your business? Well,
1: I think this could actually go into my first mistake. The course that I took was an incredible course, but these wholesalers, they were doing six figures a month, right? And they laid out, what do you need to do as a wholesaler to generate six figures a month in a wholesaling business? And that included hiring VAs and that included getting a CRM. And I did all of that without even closing my first deal, right? Right. So I would say July, August, I had three VAs, I had a Podio CRM that I was paying a couple hundred dollars a month for. And between that time, July, 2020 to February, 2021, I didn't close any deals, right? Right. So in terms of action items, I was doing it part-time once I got let go. I said, hey, look, I'm going to do this full-time. And that's when I really started following up on the leads that my VAs were, were bringing in because they were bringing in leads, right? Mm-hmm. But I just wasn't, you know, calling them. I wasn't consistent. After work, I'd be tired. So now that I had all the time in the world, I'm like, okay, let's go full force. And that's when, um, you know, things started to pick up. We started to generate momentum and close our first deal in February 2021.
0: That's awesome. And how did you meet these? Were they local? Local people that were winning in wholesaling? Yeah, local. we right, were learning from?
1: Yeah, 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 they were local. And I think that was one of the things that really attracted me to this particular Real Estate Investment Association. They had people actually doing real estate. and as we, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, as much as I learned from YouTube, right, and picked up as much free information, bought books and read, I really felt as though that I wasn't going to be able to be as confident as I could to take action unless I connected with people who are actually doing the business. So when that course came out, I said, you know what? These people are actually closing deals in this market. Let me connect with them. Let me find out what they're doing and just model those behaviors and, you know, take it from there.
0: I love it. We get to, you and I get to spend a lot of time together on the support calls Mm -hmm. and in the, in the Rhino tribe group. And I think you're the perfect personification of kind, confident, and curious, right? I really do. I mean, you, you have those. So that's just in you. Do you think that you developed that Doing the retail banking, working with customers all the time, overcoming challenges, dealing with emotions. I mean, who walks into a RIA and goes right up to somebody that's making six figures a month in their business and goes, Hey, will you show me how to do this?
1: Yeah. You know, I do have a background in sales, you know, so talking to people is something that I've always done. You know, that's how I've lived my life. I'm a presenter. You know, I think that's one of my talents, one of my gifts to be in this world and just demonstrating. What, what potential I have to other people. So yeah, I've always been in sales and I've always taken an empathetic approach to connecting with people. After a long time of being in sales, you will realize that, hey, look, it's really not what you want. It's what someone else wants that's important. So creating conversations to see how you can benefit someone else, whether I'm selling a credit card or energy or banking products, you know, it's really all about connecting with other people, finding out what's important to them and crafting a solution that works for them. So that's before getting into wholesaling. That's what my background was. Yeah.
0: I love it. And there's really 20 main skills to build. And we won't go into all of them today. The 20 main skills to build, to develop, to build a long lasting business. But one of those is, and you said it perfect. And I think that this like really goes under the radar, being a great presenter. What does that mean? That means you know what you're say, what you going to say. That means that you're, you know how to listen. That means that you have that empathy. That means that you know how to give different options to solve a problem. Yeah. And that's a skill.
1: That is a whole entire skill, Brent. Have you ever seen those guys in the airports that are pitching you credit cards? Yes. That was me. Right. Yeah. And without any sale. You were doing that? Yeah, I was doing that. I did that for about three to four years. And we would average, uh, me and my brother, we did it at the same time. We're still surprised at the results that we got, but we got maybe 20 to 30 credit card applications per day. These are people that are strangers going through the airport, don't know who you are, but giving you their social security numbers to apply for a credit card. And we had an approval rate that we had to, you know, hit. So I had to learn really, really fast on how to present. And I learned really quickly that it's not what you say, but how you say it. And how do you yep. connect with people? How do you make that positive first impression so that people, you know, can stop and engage with you? Right. So I learned that really quick, very early on in my sales career.
0: How old were you when you were doing that?
1: Oh, man, I was
0: 21. And it just... You just came from a background of sales?
1: Well, if I wanted to even go further back, I remember being about 18 years old, working at a bookstore at the Philly airport, reading through the flow quadrant, never read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but you know, just learning about real estate. I got my real estate license at 19, but failed <laughs> epically, sold one home driving people around, couldn't, couldn't close the deals to save my life. But then while I was doing that, my brother approached me on a sales job, you know, yep. inside the airport. I was w- already working at the bookstore. He said, Hey, you know, instead of working at the bookstore, you can make commission here, make more money. And that's how I pretty much cut my teeth, you know, in sales. So yeah, that's how I got started. And I'm very big on presenting. So I, what I did was create my own script. Every single time I got an objection, I wrote it down and I wrote down what I would say next time I heard that objection. And then really quick, when you're in the airport and you're just selling one product, you hear the same objections over and over again. So it's just a matter of, you know, being ready for them when they come up. So, you know, there's a lot of concepts in wholesaling that could just translate really well with that. And I just, you know, took what I've learned there and just adopted it to what I'm doing now
0: have a philosophy, one a week so that you're not weak, meaning take one objection a week, learn how to respond to it a couple different ways, and now and just practice it over and over and over. And the beautiful thing about real estate is there's only a certain amount of objections, really in the industry, but especially with what we do, there's only a certain amount of objections that we go through. Absolutely. So why wouldn't we learn the words that make people more likely to say yes? I mean, there's certain words and phrases that people are more likely to say yes to, and and really an objection is just a a question in the mind of a prospect, and we just need to answer them. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I love it. Absolutely. Let's talk about Philly. Let's talk about—Philly's kind of unique because it's a city— Mm-hmm. That requires a wholesaling license. Absolutely. So explain what that means, because listen, this might spread to other cities. Yeah. You know, the the government officials in in Philly might go to a conference in San Diego. They Mm -hmm. might go to a conference in Phoenix. They might go to a conference in Austin or Dallas or whatever. And now all of a sudden they start, you know, putting these licensing requirements in place. So what does that mean? Is it tough? Is it crazy? Yeah.
1: So yeah, in Philadelphia, you, you do have to get a, a wholesaling license unless you are already a licensed realtor or right. if you intend to actually purchase uh, the property and take title to it as an investor to make the renovations and fix it. But if you don't intend to take title and you're getting properties under contract, they require you to get a wholesale license. Essentially, in Philly, and I'm pretty sure in any other market, there are people who are reputable and have integrity doing this business and there are people that aren't, right? So to protect, you know, sellers, uh, they have the license in place. So in Philly, it's $200. You just have to, you know, pay that application fee. You can't have a, a criminal record, right? So if you have a criminal record, that'll keep you from getting the license. And on top of that, you just have to provide sellers with a seller's disclosure, just giving them resources, listing a couple websites and ways that they can assess the fair market value of their home. And you have to have them sign that, that document. Now, that's the law. Is everybody following it? No. Are wholesale deals still getting done? Yes, right? Title companies aren't requiring wholesalers to supply the seller's disclosure. But I do it every single time, you know, because at some point the city's going to crack down. And if you don't have a license, and I think this is something that anyone who's in these cities should realize, if you don't have a license, in Philly at least, a seller can back out of the deal up to the day of closing, you know, without any recourse, right? Sure. So by having your license, it protects the deal um, as long as you have them sign off on everything, yeah.
0: Awesome. So you don't have to go to like school for 90 hours and take tests and do all these other things?
1: No, it's an application. You pay the $200, you get the license. It's that simple. And you just, I have the practice of making sure that the sellers are signing their seller's disclosure. I do it right up front with the agreement of sale. When you sign the agreement of sale, you're doing the uh, seller's disclosure at the same time, submit everything to the title company, and that's that.
0: Awesome. You're having a phenomenal year. Yeah. How many deals have you closed so far?
1: So far this year, 13.
0: 13 deals. Yes. How many you got pending?
1: Two. Two pending that are assigned. Yeah.
0: One for 15, one for 16? Yes, sir. 15,000, one for 16,000?
1: Yeah. We got the one for 15,000 that's closing this Friday. And uh, the one for 16 is closing next week.
0: What was the most that, you don't have to give me exact, but what was the most that you made in a year at the bank?
1: Between 55 and 60. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You did that by March. Awesome. Oh yeah.
1: I doubled that. (laughs) Well, actually no, I doubled it by June, but yeah.
0: Right. So let's break down a deal. Let's get into the nitty gritty details. I want to ring this victory bell.
1: All right. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the most recent one, lucky number 13. So this deal came through Google PPC and, uh, she was a seller looking to sell the property because it was distressed and her husband had passed away six months prior. Right. When I got to the property, It's pretty interesting. I got to the property and she was in tears, actually, right? And, you know, kind of tried to calm her down because she said this was the first time she's really accepted the fact that she really wants to leave and she's going to make the move. She's been debating about it. So we ended up, uh, you know, getting that property under contract and got a showing going, got a couple of buyers in there, had a nice little bidding war for it, but because it was a probate deal, meaning that, you know, her husband owned the property and we had to, you know, she had to go through the probate process. She didn't have the funds to hire an estate attorney, so we partnered with an estate attorney here in Philly and he does all the paperwork, pay him out at settlement. So he got all of her probate work done. And yet, it was a little funny here because she had to find a place to move to, ideally find a place to move to prior to selling and she was renting. So she didn't have a uh, like security deposit first month, last month. So she was literally using the funds from settlement to you know, pay her rent, right? So with this one, we ended up getting her a U-Haul, getting her a storage unit, booking her an Airbnb to give her some time between the day that she has her uh, funds and the time for her to you know, pay her rent, her first month's rent. And yeah, we locked it up for 68, uh, Hold
0: on! Don't, don't tell me yet. Let me. Okay. Let's let the mystery build a little bit here. Okay. So first of all, Google Pay per click. Pa- Google. What do you spend in a month? And is this your main marketing channel? Does it? How does it fit into your business?
1: Yeah, it is right now our main marketing channel. Two out of the three deals that we're that's that are pending. Right, we have two pending and one that's not assigned. But the two that are pending, they're both from Google PPC. It's one of our main. Uh, sources of leads at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're spending $3,000 a month in Google oh. pay click Yeah. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah. We are crushing Google pay per Click right now. It is bananas. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but it is absolutely incredible. All right. And so in those leads, it's a much different vibe, right? When those leads come into you from searching, I want to sell my house than it is any other leads. I'm just telling you guys, like maybe TV commercials, maybe radio commercials, maybe billboards, maybe the bandit signs, but there's something about somebody searching, like taking the time to search find it, reach out to you, put their information in that they want to sell their property. It's awesome. The timeline is really short. But, and I know this story, this story is just getting juicy. It's really good, right? This is the one where you had to go through and find all the paperwork?
1: Well, oh, that's a different one. That's a different one. Uh, we can go oh, into that. We can go into that one too. That one. Go d- into that one too, yeah, we'll go into that, that, one. that one as well.
0: Because then you went U-Haul.
1: Yeah, on this you one.
0: You went storage. Yep. You went Airbnb and you got her an estate attorney.
1: That cost four four grand.
0: Right. But that came out of the proceeds. He was willing to get paid from the proceeds of the sale. Yeah. And guys, listen. If you find an estate attorney, a probate attorney, anybody that can help out and get paid through the closing, this really helps out these property owners. Really, really helps them out. And I find that the attorneys that will do that are hungrier and they get things done faster yeah. because they want to get paid, right? And so, absolutely incredible. So, what'd you lo- what'd you lock it up for? What'd you sell it for?
1: This one, we uh, locked it up for sixty eight. We sold it for ninety five. So 27 total. Yeah. Come
0: on, man. Deal
1: number 13. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. 27,000. Absolutely incredible. And so much value there. Mm-hmm. So much built into there. Because listen, it's not like, oh, you know what? We signed an agreement. Now I'm going to just turn it over to the title company. I'm going to bring a couple buyers through and it's all done and dusted and I'm getting paid 27,000. We Our job is is to eliminate the hurdles. Our job is to eliminate the challenges. Our job is to make sure that we make this as smooth as possible. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what makes this so rewarding.
1: And Brent, I think you're bringing up a good point there because a lot of times these sellers don't want to sell because of those hurdles. And those are the pain points. Hey, I don't have an estate attorney. I don't have $2,500 to give them a retainer to do this probate work so I can't sell. You know, so a lot of times by understanding those those issues, those are what you as a wholesaler; those are the problems that you solve to get the deal from contract to close.
0: Yep, I love it. Talk about the one where you had to go in and find the deed.
1: Yeah, so that lead came in from uh, a referral. We closed yeah. a probate deal from a woman. Uh, we did a great job. She loved us. She referred us to her coworker. So we ended. I ended up going to the coworker's uh, office we got the deal under contract, but it was her mom's house, her parents' house. Yep. Both parents passed away. And then her brother was living there and he passed away last year. So she said, hey, it's about time for me to get rid of this property. So we we're going through the probate process, referred her to the attorney and come to find out that she can't file a probate or she can't be the executor of her mom's estate because she was adopted. So the register of wills declined her request to be the executor. Um, So in order for her to become the executive of the estate, she had to produce some sort of paperwork, paperwork, meaning the will, right? Yep. Yeah. So she couldn't find the will. She went to the house a couple of times, couldn't find the will. And because she said she had back issues, she said there were things inside the house that she couldn't move or she didn't want to move. I said, you know, I'm going to go to the house with you and I will help you find this will right, if it's there, right, of course, right, so we ended up you know I ended up meeting her at the property, and you know we went through almost every part of the house ended up in the bedroom in front of the closet underneath an ironing board where there were folders and papers there. And we ended up finding the will. We ended up finding the deed. We ended up finding her birth certificate, her adoption papers. Yeah. Both parents, death certificates. So now she's actually, we actually filed the petition with the register of wills. She's going to get the property probated. Got this one under contract for 20, have it out there for 45 now.
0: Awesome. So did you find the paperwork? Yeah, we you found personally? it personally? Yeah, me personally. Yeah. Yeah. She was you opened up a box and there it is.
1: It was in a folder. It was in a folder underneath you know, an ironing board that had some papers on top of it. So she's in there sitting on like this old bed and I'm like sc- scrapping through and I pull it out. And there was actually inside the folder, the first thing that was in the folder was a share sale documentation because back in 2005, they were about to lose the property due to share sale, right? Mm-hmm. And she ended up paying out whatever needed to get paid to stop the tax sale from happening. And behind that paperwork was the actual will that her mom's attorney drafted listing her as the heir to all of her assets
0: i mean when you turned around and you said i found it it's right here i got everything right here yeah. what did she do she, she
1: started crying <laughs> She 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 started bawling her eyes out and she said watson i love you <laughs>
0: gosh
1: and i said that's what we do we solve problems
0: that's, that's it. it that's we it solve Problems. you're incredible yeah. what What's your big vision? What do you see five years, 10 years, 20 years? Like what are you building? What are you growing? What's the vision?
1: Yeah. You know, um, the vision is to build a million dollar wholesale company. You yep. know, it's making a million a year own $5 million in real estate, you know, me personally. Mm-hmm. And really the bigger vision is I've got ideas to open up restaurants and, you know, start a nonprofit. And uh, I've got a couple of inventions in mind that I want to put out there. So I'm really using wholesale as a means to, you know, um, build out the dreams that I have, right? Yeah. And I'm a dancer as well, so like, one of the biggest things that I, I really appreciate about the business that I run is that it gives me the freedom that I didn't have at the bank to to, to travel and dance and teach and perform and, and do all those things.
0: I love it, I love it. How can people reach out? A lot of people are gonna wanna reach out.
1: Yeah, uh, on Instagram, that's the, the best way to reach out to me, um, at I. M, as in Mary, dot Watson.
0: Awesome, guys. Reach out. Give him some love. Uh, Certainly, if you're in uh, the Philadelphia area, make sure that you connect. Make sure that you guys meet. Make sure that you're in this man's world. It's absolutely incredible. He's a wholesaler. He's a business owner. He's a dancer. He's a performer. He's an inventor. He is a renaissance man. I absolutely love it. Watson, St. Solney, so great to have you on here, brother. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you, Brent. I mean, ever since I joined TTP back in December, it's been a game changer. I'm having my best year yet. And part of it's because I'm in the right tribe.
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you. And if you're interested in joining the most proactive tribe in real estate investing, go to wholesalinginc.com, go to wholesalinginc.com. Check out what it's all about. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. And I look forward to working with you personally. And that's it for me. I'm going to close this out as I always do, encouraging you to go out there and talk to people till next time, guys. Love you. Bye.
1: That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.